Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week we are 100% British and most definitely still 100% Giants. Happy Easter to you all. Hopefully you're stuffed full of chocolate and hot cross buns and are settling down to listen to us talk all things Giants. It's the three of us back, Craig, Shane and Dan. Kev's stateside in Las Vegas, um, living it up. Uh, not jealous at all, mate. How's it going, lads? Yeah, all good. Wish I was in America drinking a Bud Light at whatever time it is over there. But, you know, other than doing that, what's the next best thing I'd want to be doing? Recording this podcast with you boys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think all three of us wish that we could be sat in the lovely US of A right now. But unfortunately, we're dealing with uh, dismal England while he uh, enjoys himself. Absolutely, yeah. We've uh, we've just got off the phone with Kevin. He's uh, I think he's he's either in a bar or in in his hotel in Vegas. It's one thirty in the afternoon there, and he's his beers run dry, so he's gone off to get another one. So enjoy, Kev. Um, oh, saying like an Irishman does it that? You know, right. <laughs> beers run dry. That's 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 a crime for him, isn't it? But no, I hope he's in. I hope he's enjoying it. But like I said um, absolutely very jealous and wish we were there too. But never mind, never mind. Anyway, coming up this week, obviously due to him being across the pond. Uh, we've decided to postpone the top five prospects on defence until he's back in Blighty. Um, so we're going to bring you our thoughts on sort of various mock drafts that are doing the rounds out there at the moment. We're going to talk about what options we have for our two picks in round one as well. Plus we'll finish off with opening up the mailbag to round up at the end. But as ever, we're going to start with a roundup of the week's news. Uh, starting off with the signing of Nigerian offensive lineman. I'm going to get this pronunciation right. Roy Mbaetika. Roy Mbaetika. So yeah, he's been mentioned, he's been mentored and he's been coached by none other than two-time Super Bowl winner and member of the Giants Ring of Honor, O.C. Yuminyora. It kind of came out of nowhere really, but if he's got O.C.'s seal of approval, then surely he's a talent to keep our eyes on, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't fancy hurting myself or giving me an headache, so I'm just going to call him Roy. Yeah, that's it. I think he's one of them that, like, you know, it's intriguing, be interesting to see how he does. I really, really hope that he can do something, but you know, it'd be good to watch his development, see how he comes along. I believe he's an offensive tackle. Some might say that's a big need for the New York Giants at the minute. But no, you know, I'm not expecting to get thrown into the deep end. I hope he does do well, but I think he's one of those as well that like you're gonna lower the expectations and, and temper him off a little bit. Yeah, he's he's absolutely sort of a, a development project, isn't he? He's almost sort of like yeah. off that international player pathway, but not that official player pathway. You know, so yeah, if you get anything, it's a bonus. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. What's your thoughts for him, Craig? I was actually watching the video earlier on the Giants website. He was being interviewed. Um, it was quite interesting listening. Apparently, he went over there in I think it was uh, Lagos. He went to from Benin, and he was there to play basketball and liked the look of football and had never played football before and went, I might want to try that. And they brought him over. So it's re- it, it could really be a Cinderella story if he makes it. I mean, he's a big boy too. 6'9", 320. 6'9", of 320 pounds. You can see why he's an offensive lineman. <laughs> How old is he? I think he's like 22, something like that. I think we saw a... I mean, it was a random website that stated he was 22 years old. But I know there's nothing official out there about his age. But who knows? Um, but yeah, what a... Six foot nine, three hundred pound, twenty-two year old guy that originally went to play basketball and ended up playing football and has had no high school or college experience. What's there to go wrong, right? At, at six nine, three twenty, I'd actually like quite be interested to see him play basketball. It's he's almost like a Shaq, isn't he? Like Shaq was like built like a 
beast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I don't expect anything from it. I think it'll be like I said, it's going to be that development and see how he see how he gets on. But Osi seems to like him. You know, he's, was it Osi said like he's the, the Giants have taken a chance. But he's uh he's big, he's strong, he's physical, he's intelligent, he's athletic. So and he's what do you say? He reminds him of Kareem McKenzie as well, which isn't a bad thing for all the long-term Giants fans. I know Kareem McKenzie played on uh, both Super Bowl winning teams of uh, 2007 and 2011. So if he reminds him of Kareem McKenzie, then that's not a bad thing. But yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Welcome to Mr. Roy. We'll call him, I think. <laughs> Because his, uh, his surname's not exactly easy to pronounce, is it? Let's face it. We also had some uh, some pre-draft visits this week. Went to visit Lewis Sign from Georgia, Aiden Hutchinson, Ikemakwanu, Tyler Smith, Sauce Gardner, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Pierre Strong Jr. Anything you guys want to add about the uh, pre-draft visits so far this week? No, I mean, some of them's probably like kind of due diligence. Someone like... Aiden Hutchinson, for example, talk of him going number one overall. But, you know, a few years ago, Laramie Tunsil was going number one overall. Draft night happens and he ends up falling multiple spots. Although we're expecting Hutchinson to be off the board. I can understand the Giants bringing him in, doing the due diligence. And then you've got other guys, Iquano, Thibodeau, Gardner, the guys that we potentially own up at five and seven. So that makes sense we're bringing them in. Uh, Louis Steen, Tyler Smith could potentially be second round target. So again, makes sense with them. And Pierre Strong was a running back who I mentioned last week, who I'm a big fan of, who may be in that kind of round five. But again, we're bringing in another running back, writing potentially on the wall uh, for that position. Yeah, so looking at them all makes sense to to get them all in and uh, and visit them. Uh, and obviously, there's going to be there's going to be more coming up this week, no doubt as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who we're bringing this week to to interview. Sad to learn this week of the the passing of ex Giants running back Gary Brown. Played for Big Blue for two years, had a thousand yard season in '98, and helped with the backs in training camp uh, in 2005. Uh, played in in the league with the who were then the Houston Oilers, uh, San Diego Chargers. Uh, Giants obviously 98 to 99 uh, and then he went on to coach um, at college level for sort of most notably Rutgers and then was with the Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys and most recently back in Wisconsin as well uh, just last year. Um, so sad to learn of his death this week and uh, thoughts go out to his family and friends. Yeah, definitely. Obviously he followed, he was playing for the Giants way before I was even interested in this but you know it's always always sad to hear the passing of a, a former player and like you know just looking at things that are put on Twitter and that he was obviously well respected both at the professional and college level. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, there's there's the saying, once a giant, always a giant. And it, it obviously applies to all players, regardless of how long we've each been supporting the team and, and whether we know them or not. And and like Shane said, I've heard nothing but good things about the man. He seemed like a, a pretty decent bloke on, on all levels. So. Yeah, and obviously, what was he, 52, 53? So no age at all, really. So yeah, sad. And also... The football world was kind of shocked this week as well. The uh, the untimely passing of Steelers quarterback and New Jersey native Dwayne Haskins at the horrendously young age of 24. You know, picked up by the Washington Commanders in 2019. First round number 15 pick overall out of Ohio State. Just entering into his fourth year in the league. But CNN reported that he died as a result of being hit by a dump truck as he tried to cross an interstate in Florida on Saturday morning. And he was trying to cross that interstate on foot as well. So we're not here to speculate to re- the reasons as to why he was trying to do that. But, you know, it's, it's awful. And it's a shame to see an untimely end to a young athlete's life. You know, but again, our thoughts go out to his family and friends and loved ones. I really what must be a horrible time for them as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest, I seen the news come through whilst I was at the uh, the Alvin game at the weekend and I seen it come through. And first I thought that's got to be fake because you don't expect a player so young to 
die unexpectedly. And like, you know, for me, he's probably one of the most recent players that have passed away that kind of like hit home a little bit more for me because obviously he, he played at Ohio State, the same league as Penn State. So I'd seen him at college level. He was a great player at Ohio State, broke numerous records. I think he had the year he was drafted 52 touchdowns. And, you know, he, he was one of those who I was disappointed he got let go by Washington. I was hoping he was going to like make a good job of it at Pittsburgh. It seemed like, you know, he was getting his, his life sorted, his career sorted, I should say, sorry. And then, like, kind of to hear that, I was just like, it really, like, kind of hit me a little bit. Like, I remember him at college, I remember him being drafted, and then that happens, and it was, like, re- really, really shocking and devastating news. And yeah, thoughts go out to his family and uh, friends. Yeah, there was a, a lot of stuff on Twitter from a lot of his teammates about how much he improved just the, the overall feel and the overall atmosphere at the Steelers over the last few years. Chase Claypool, I think, was quite close to him, as was the running back they drafted last year. Najee Harris. Yeah, so apparently he was with Harris on that day as well. Um, I think what I've I've heard from the news is that he had broken down on the interstate, and that's why he he'd left his vehicle, and and obviously what had happened, what happened happened. But very sad. Yeah, very sad. Unfortunately, it wasn't reported in the best way by certain areas of the NFL media either. But yeah, as Shane said, thoughts with his family and friends. Yeah, it's just such a a sad sort of waste of a young athlete's life he had his the rest of his career ahead of him and like I said he was sort of trying to turn it around in Pittsburgh after being let go by Washington and he hasn't got that chance now so yeah I'm pretty sure coach Tomlin actually said that he was going to be involved in a quarterback competition this offseason as well so the fact that he could have really turned it round and, and maybe made a breakthrough exactly especially after obviously after the the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger as well it was kind of it's all to play for, you know. That's that starting that starting role in Pittsburgh is there to there to grab. Um, and it's just a shame he's not going to be able to grab it, you know. Obviously, yeah, he was an ex divisional rival with Washington, but you don't wish that upon anyone, really, do you? So, yeah, sad, sad news. We'll see. Uh, moving on then, you know, onto a onto a lighter note and to a happier note as well. The majority of football analysts and agencies this time of year constantly releasing mock drafts. So we thought we'd take a look at some of them and see who each analyst is going sort of number one overall to the Jags, um, who they're picking at five and seven for the Giants, and also then for the following rounds too. And if any of them predicted any movement as well on our first two round of our, our two first rounders, shall I say? The first one we're going to look at is Mel Kuypers from ESPN. And now Mel has got, and which a lot of people do have, is Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall to to the Jacksonville Jaguars which doesn't really surprise me. Source Gardner going number two to Detroit. He's then got Trayvon Walker going three to Houston. Kayvon Thibodeau going number four to the New York Jets. And he's then got Ikemakwanu going number five to the Giants, which we wouldn't say no to. Malik Willis at six going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Jermaine Johnson the second going number seven to back to the Giants as well, which is interesting. Uh, Garrett Wilson eight to the Falcons. Evan Neal, 9 to the Seattle Seahawks. So he's predicting Evan Neal's going to drop down to 9 at Seattle. And then lastly, rounding out the top 10, the New York Jets again, draft Drake London from the USC. Thoughts about his top 10 then, gents? Or should I say Shane? I love our picks. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it because we've still got a top five preview to come in for defensive positions next week. Ike McQuarrie, who's my old T1, as we discovered last week. And 
I gave my comments in regards to that. And Jermaine Johnson, he had a great senior bowl and I was absolutely devastated because prior to that senior bowl in January, there was talk that he might slip into the second round and he turned up in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Absolutely great week. And he's just been climbing ever since then. And he's, for me, a top 10 talent, 100%. If he doesn't go in the top 10 when you've got teams like the Jets, the Giants, the Balkans, Seattle Seahawks that need edge help, there's something wrong. And I'm not even talking about the teams beforehand, like the Jags and the Lions as well. Um, and even the Texans, you could argue. So, you know, Jermaine Johnson, he's a, a pick I really, really do like. And he could be the one who, in sort of three or four years' time, could be looking back at it saying he was the best edge player that year. Yeah, obviously, just reading through um, through his uh, his comments on Jermaine Johnson, obviously, he had 12 sacks last season. Uh, and, was, like you said, one of the most impressive prospects at the senior bowl as well. So, and he's got some good pass rush moves in there. So I'd be absolutely more than happy to to go edge at seven um, after taking a tackle at five. And uh, yeah, I think Ikemakwani at five is a, is a great pick as well. Be more than happy with that with their first two picks in in round one. That's for sure. And we've then got Todd McShay from ESPN. And surprise, surprise, he's gone Aiden Hutchinson first pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's then gone Trayvon Walker number two to Detroit. He's then gone Thibodeau number three to Houston. Garrett Wilson going quite early for a receiver this year by the looks of it. Number four to the Jets. We've then got Ike McQuanu at five coming to MetLife Stadium. Kenny Pickett at six going Carolina. Interesting. Kyle Hamilton, Kev will be happy with that. Going seven, again coming to MetLife to join the Giants. Drake London at eight to the Falcons. Evan Neal again dropped down to nine with Seattle Seahawks. And then rounding out the top ten, Sauce Gardner at ten going to the New York Jets. Initial thoughts on that then, Shane? Yeah, I mean, no one can see, but I pulled a confused face at the Jets taking a wide receiver at four. If I was a Jets fan, I'd rather take an Ike McQuarnu or an Evan Neal at four and then take the second best wide receiver at 10 because there's only Atlanta that's going to take a wide receiver and we don't know if Atlanta will. So that's a bit of a weird one. Um, but again, Ike McQuarnu, rinsing and repeating and what I've got to say in regards to that. Kyle Hamilton. So we'll, we'll probably talk a lot of Kyle Hamilton next week because we're talking defensive players. Kev's not your down. We will get into Kyle Hamilton in a lot more detail. All I'd say is I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate the pick. Um, I think someone like Sorted interests me more than Kyle Hamilton or Derek Stingley. I'd rather get an extra cornerback, especially if the rumours are true. That I think I've seen Dan Duggan did a and a on The Athletic a couple of days ago and he said he expects Bradby to either be traded during the draft or cut shortly after. Now, if that's our one of two options, then I'd rather us get a corner over Kyle Hamilton. But I wouldn't hate the Kyle Hamilton pick. A lot of people have got stuck up on his 40 time. Um, but we're coming to Carl Hamilton a lot more next week. Cool. Well, I think. I, I think. I mean. I mean. Again, I was reading that sort of the comments that um, Tom McShay wrote there, and he said, it, you know, he thinks he'll link quite, link up quite well with uh, with McKinney. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that pick either. There's probably. I would. I would rather. You know. I, I think with with five and seven, I'd rather go offense and defensive line with both of those. So whether it's you know rather go edge and tackle with at five and then seven rather than rather than a safety but I wouldn't dislike it. Now the biggest problem is it's gonna come down to what you do with your second round pick. Exactly. That that that's the thing. And to me, if I look at the corners that are going to be available at the second round and the edges, yeah, yeah. 
there's kind of not too much between them. In the edges, you're looking at like the likes of Arnold Ebekete, Boye Mafay, Logan, uh, I think it's Logan, Logan Summit, uh, San Diego State, his name escapes me at the minute. Corner-wise, you're going to be looking at the likes of Kyler Gordon, Roger McCreary, potentially Kyrie Elam, who I think could sneak into the first round. So again, it's that decision that a GM's going to have to make that I don't kind of envy. You can't see into what the rest of the league's going to do between pick eight through to 33 uh, 34 i think it is yeah we'll see we'll see um i i just i just think we we, we need to shore up that that defensive we need, we need to shore up that sort of pressure coming off the edge because we're not we, we haven't got have, didn't have much pressure coming off the edge last year and i think getting a real sort of top 10 edge rusher is more important i think to us at the moment than getting a a, a top 10 defensive back in Anyway, moving on, we're going to go to NFL.com's Bucky Brooks. Everyone loves a bit of Bucky Brooks, right? And surprise, surprise, number one overall in his latest mock is Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, number two overall, going to Detroit, is Trayvon Walker. Going to Houston at number three is Kayvon Thibodeau. Going to number four, the Jets, is Sauce Gardner. Evan Neal at five, coming to the Giants. Ike Aquani going six to the Panthers. Jermaine Johnson going seven again to the Giants. Garrett Wilson, eight to the Falcons. Devin Lloyd, linebacker, going at nine to the Seattle Seahawks. And then rounding out the top ten, Kyle Hamilton going to the New York Jets. Initial thoughts on that, Shane? Yeah, very similar to, to Mel Kuyper's an offensive tackle and Jermaine Johnson. Um, I've already covered Jermaine Johnson, so I'm not going to go into that one again. <clears throat> Excuse me, but Evan Neal, you know, for me, I've got Ike McQuan, who's my old T1, but you could essentially, I could essentially turn and say it's OT1A, one OT1B, one essentially. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a toss-up between the two, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, you're not going to be annoyed at getting either of those. Iquanu's probably a much better run blocker. He's a very nasty and physical player, which you want from your offensive line. Evan Neal has kind of slid under the radar a little bit. You know, he went into the college season being talked about as the old T1 and Iquanu slowly overtook him through this process, in my opinion. But, you know, Evan Neal, he's got versatility of playing every position apart from centre. So, you know, it could be a case of him at right tackle, Thomas at left tackle, or maybe you interchange them. You've got that option. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be annoyed at Evan Neal either, in all honesty. Yeah, so it's, it's that toss-up between the two. Like, they've both got their their strong sides, they've both got their weak sides, you know, and it, it's going to come down to the, the fine details, I think, with them two. It's almost like a coin toss, really. Yeah, and I'll be honest, for Evan Neal, you know, he's a, um, a, a beast. He's six foot seven, three £355. You know, we've just been talking about um, Roy, who's six nine three. 10, was it 320? 320, so, yeah. You know, Evan Neal's not as tall, but he's got 30 pounds heavier. But honest to God, I've never seen a guy carry 350 pounds so well. <laughs> yeah, like when you when we when we talk about like the weight, as in like, you know, obviously talking about in pounds, obviously we generally use the the stones and, and pounds sort of measurement and weight here. Anything of 355 pounds is equivalent to almost 26 stone so that is an absolute unit and for him to move as quick as he does at almost 26 stone is just non ridiculous these athletes are absolute freaks nowadays though you look at some of these players that are coming out they are they they don't show their weight they are skinny big yeah if that makes sense they are they are just they, most, a lot of their weight is just pure muscle yeah i mean you look you look at the picture of evan neil there he doesn't look any bigger than I am, and I'm 13 stone. Like, that's that's scary. Exactly. 
I mean, I wish I was twenty stone and just pure muscle. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, if if I said to you the New York Giants at number five overall are going to take a twenty six stone guy, you'd be thinking, "Hang on a minute, we we don't we don't need a nose tackle." That's what you're going to be thinking. We don't need a. And then you see the way he moves and the way he carries it. Like honestly, there is a picture of him uh, without his top on, and he, you would not look at him and go, "That is a twenty six stone man." Twenty six stone, exactly. It's ridiculous when you think of twenty six stone. You think of like. Just this obese. Overweight. Say again. You just think someone who's obese. Yeah, exactly. What's um what's Aaron Donald though? Uh Aaron Donald, I think, is two two ninety, two ninety five. Two two eighty, two ninety, something like that. He and he you know, with him when he takes his top off. Well oh, mate, he's absolutely ripped, isn't he? He's jacked. He's absolutely jacked. His body fat percentage must almost be single digits. It's that it's ridiculous. Two hundred and eighty pound apparently. <sighs> Two hundred and eighty pounds. So he's literally he's twenty stone. Yeah. He's twenty stone of pure pure muscle. De- pure devastation. Nothing nothing more, nothing less. I'm, I'm I'm seven stone lighter than him and I feel a lot fatter than him. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm the same weight as him. Imagine how I feel. <laughs> well no, actually no. Oh that's not that's not even true. I'm probably about half a stone lighter than he is. And imagine how I feel. Like, come on, <laughs> he's just—he's ridiculous, isn't he, Aaron Donald? But anyway, where are we at next? Bucky Brooks have gone through. Uh, we're going to go through Daniel Jeremiah next. Is three point one because he's done so many. I mean, I don't really need to say number one again because it's Aiden Hutchinson. Number two, Trevon Walker. Number three, Kayvon Thibodeau. Number four, Sauce Gardner. Number five, Ika McQuanu. Number six, Evan Neal. Seven, Jermaine Johnson. Eight, Garrett Wilson. Nine, Charles Cross. And then ten, rounding out the top ten, Drake London going to the Jets. Same as Mel Kuypers. Yeah, there's not really too much to say about that, is there? Apart from it, there's, it's, there's the odd player coming in and out of the top ten here and there. Obviously, Charles Cross has come in on this one. But it's, it's kind of looking like at least the top seven to eight players are generally going to be set in stone unless there's going to be some major trades yeah and, you know i think Dan- daniel jeremiah is one that a lot of people tend to go go look at and go by you know obviously nfl.com he's he's like the absolute draft expert and the same with bucky brooks as well a lot of people go with bucky brooks as well so yeah there's a there's, there's not really too much to discuss about daniel jeremiah's at the moment uh, and lastly we're going to go through the athletics uh, Dane Brugler as well. Who's done a full seven raid mock. Fair play to him. Oh, I'm not fancy sorting out 262 players to draft. <laughs> he is. He's obviously got a lot of time on his hands, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, he's paid extremely well to do this. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, also, just before we go through this, yeah, so as Shane said, he's done a full seven rounds, whereas the last four we've gone through have either done either one round or two rounds. We will go back to the, the other four, actually, and, and the, the well, the other ones that are the more than just the first round to see who they've gone with the Giants in round two. I think Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay have done two rounds. Yeah. Not too about Bucky Brooks and the DJ. Yeah, the, the ESPN guys have gone two rounds, haven't they? But yeah, so back to uh, Dane Brugler's on the Athletics. So first round, I mean, the f- top two picks haven't changed in uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. Ika McQuarney's gone three to the Houston Texans. Uh, Thibodeau's gone four to the Jets. Uh, Evan Neal's gone five to the Giants. Kenny Pickett, six to the Panthers. 
Sauce Gardner, 7 to the New York Giants. Malik Willis, 8 to the Falcons. Derek Stingley, 9 to the Seahawks. And then rounding out the top 10 again, Garrett Wilson to the New York Jets. So Stingley's into the top 10 for the first time out of these five mock drafts. That surprise you, Shane? I go. This is probably my favourite. See, I'm a little bit different to Dan. I want us to go OT and corner in all honesty because I think corner is going to play such an important role in Wink's system. However, if you look at every single mock draft we've looked at, none of us have said, what on earth is that pick? Because we've got that many holes. There's not many things that Joe Shane and the the Giants organisation can do that are going to make us scratch our heads. Maybe quarterback, but even then some people might say, well, in all fairness, you've not really got a quarterback. So, you know, there is literally nothing that the, the Giants can do to make us say, what on earth is that all about? But I, I love the idea of getting um offensive tackle and uh, source gardener. To be fair, like I'd I'd be more than happy with Source Gardener at seven. Yeah. I'd to be honest, like I'd be I'd be more than happy with um who is the who is the, the safety you picked in the other one, I can't remember. Hamilton. Yeah, Carl Hamilton. I'll be more than happy with that as well. Like you said, we've got so many holes to fill. The only picks that would really sort of really absolutely baffle me would be some would be a, a you know someone that isn't that top ten talent or like a running back at number two. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Or a quarterback at number six, you know. <laughs> I do find it interesting, though, across all those mocks, there's been all this talk about Kayvon Thibodeau dropping down, but I don't think one single person there had him falling past number four. I think the lowest he went is four, yeah, out of all those five. What you usually tend to find is these mocks, they're not locked in stone, but if they've got someone going in the top four, these guys have got those connections that will be saying he's not making it past Pick four, for instance, I will be surprised if Kayvon Thibodeau, he could very well be there at number five. And, you know, if he is, that's that's something you've seriously, seriously got to consider. But that's that's the thing. If he's, if he's there at five, do we take him and then wait till seven, wait to pick seven to go for our offensive tackle? I think if Thibodeau is there, there at five and he's, he's being that hotly talked about, then possibly we might have to or take Alternatively, him. why not get Thibodeau, Stingley, Sauce or Hamilton at seven yeah. and then grab your OT at number 30. In, in round two, yeah. In the second round. I've said before, I would not hate that. I said the other day, my dream draft is Thibodeau, Sauce or Stingley. I'm not going to give away which one I want because that's giving a preview to my top yeah, That's coming up next that's, week. That's coming up next week. Um, but yeah, if we got one of those top two cornerbacks and then grabbed an Abraham Lucas or a Daniel Falalele or Tyler Smith in that start of the second round, I'm fine with that. We, we need a right tackle. It's not as important, despite what people may think, as a left tackle. We, we've got our left tackle. We just need someone who's serviceable. We, we don't need all these. That's why when people say, oh, yeah, let's double dip at the position or let's take a tackle at number five and then take a guard at number 30, whatever, you, you don't need an elite O-line. Atlanta Falcons have got five first-round picks on their O-line. Is it working out for them? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I think there's there's like, there's so many options. There's so many ways we can go. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to two picks on defence with five and seven either. Really wouldn't. So obviously this week we've been running quite a few Twitter polls to try and see what the people want uh, and what their opinions are. So we had a look at pick number five and it was Evan Neal that people went for. I believe he got over half the votes as well. So it was pretty, pretty resounding pick. And at pick seven... They went for Thibodeau, who also went with 66% of the votes. So it, it does seem like the mocks are almost following what we are after 
though Thibodeau doesn't seem to be dropping in those mocks down to us. Yeah, it's all about the people. It's all about a Twitter poll. And uh, we promise you that those Twitter polls coming out and uh, we are going to carry them on into next week, that's for sure. You know, come come uh, come two weeks time on uh, on, on, on the 28th of, uh, of, of April, we're obviously going to find out which way we go. Um, but is there, there's just... I think even on the night, you know, depending on how the first four picks go, there's going to be there's going to be so many options for us at five, and there's then going to be so many options for us at seven. And none of these mock drafts have thrown in a, a trade or anything, and, and and that can happen. It could quite easily happen, and it could completely destroy every single one of these mock boards. Exactly. I mean, we'll talk about trades in a minute. So we've got who's have we got? Who's have we got? So we've got Mel Kuipers, um, second round, uh, number thirty-six overall, going to the Giants. We've got Jalen Petre, uh, uh, safety from Baylor, which I believe he was one of the Twitter polls picks uh, for the round two pick as well. So Shane, what's your opinion of that? Yeah, I do think Jalen Petre is one of the underrated safeties in this draft class. Again, I'm not going to go into too much details as to who my top guys are. I'd have no issues with a safety. Again, it depends on what you've done in the first round. If you've got an OT and edge, then you're absolutely fine. Um, and then, as I say, it depends what safeties are available. Just looking at that mock draft, I can see that Houston Texans took Jaquan Briska of Penn State. By no means a homer pick, but I am a massive, massive Jaquan Briska fan. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's going to be one of the, the top safeties in the league, in my opinion. So I would probably rather have Briska over Petrie. But I do think Petrie is one of the, the underrated. Everyone's talking about Carl Hamilton, Briska, Dax Hill, and uh, Petrie's sliding under the radar a little bit for me. Got your Penn State hat on there, Shane? Nah, not at all. I mean, I will just just to note as well, it does say uh, on that pick, the six foot three George Pickens could make sense for me. Wide receivers are need. Right now, I'd say no. And George Pickens is coming off an ACL injury as well. So, you know, we've already got a injury hit wide receiver room, in all honesty. And we've got a very expensive wide receiver room as well. Yeah. We've seen what happened last year when we drafted a wide receiver who couldn't seem to get on the field. Yeah. So, for, for me, he said the Giants could target a wide receiver here, depending on any of the board falls, unless that's somebody like, for whatever reason, a trail on Burks, Drake London, Jameson Williams. Yeah, run to the podium for those guys. For George Pickens, I probably won't be running to the podium there. So, yeah. So, Mel Kuyper overall. So, five, he's gone for Ike McQuanu, offensive tackle. Seven, he's gone for Jermaine Johnson, defensive end. And then 36, he's then gone for Jalen Petre. Three pretty decent picks by the looks of it. And three positions that we need help in, for sure. I mean, I find, I find it interesting as well. PFF have actually got Jalen Petre down as a cornerback. So again, that, that's one of the risks you run when you draft a DB. Are they going to be better suited to safety or are they better suited to cornerback? Of, I'm not that knowledgeable to make that comment, but you know, if PFF are considering it, then it, it's potentially going to be an option. Yeah. Tom McShay, he's gone 36 overall uh, to the Giants in the second round. He's gone Sky Moore, wide receiver. Interesting. Shane, Sky Moore. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like Sky Moore. Yeah. I think he could be someone who sort of like sneaks into that first round, in all honesty. Is he what I would want? Let's put it this way. He's five foot ten, weighs 195 pounds and ran a 4-4-1. That's saying anything like a player we might already have on the roster. A little bit. So, you know, you he's, he's going to play the slot. 
that that's his position. He's going to be a slot guy. He's probably the number one slot wide receiver in this class. In all in all honesty, and you know, unless you're putting someone like James Williams. Do we do we really need that slot wide receiver though? No, ex- exactly. It's not what it's not what we need in a wide receiver. If anything, I'd rather maybe get a big bodied wide receiver, and then in twelve months' time, you can maybe look and getting him out on Kenny Goddard's contract if he if he has another down year again. So again, you know, it comes back to the whole he's wide receiver a, a bigger need here. Um, I mean, Todd McShay, I think he had us going offensive tackle and corner, uh, safety. Yeah, so he's gone uh, Ike McQuarney at five. He's gone Carl Hammond at seven. And then he's gone Sky Moore at 36. Yeah, so if we could just scroll down to that Sky Moore pick again, sorry. If we just have a look at, so what we, what have we not addressed there in, in Todd McShay's draft edge? We've still not got an edge guy. So he mentions there Arnold Evacete would be a good pick there if he was still available. Can we just have a look and see what edges are still there, please? Jarbo, that, that stands out a million miles to me. I know he's got the Achilles and he's, he might not play this year, but the upside you've got of him, I would rather take David Ajabo personally there. He'll, he'll bounce back from his Achilles. Cam Akers come back in, is it three months or something ridiculous? Four months? Yeah, to, to me, David Ajabo stands out there. I would rather gamble on David Ajabo than take Sky Moore. That's nothing against Sky Moore. It's just what is going to be the, the need. At the end of the day, we're not drafting David Ajabo to be a stud in his rookie year. Any production you get from a rookie in their rookie year is a bonus. You're buying them for those four years in the future. So, you know, you always got to sort of think more long-term, not just their rookie, rookie season for me. Yeah, it's... Like I said, I'm, I'm surprised he's, uh, we, we need that help on edge. I, I definitely think that's probably going to be one of the uh, the priority picks, at least one of those first three anyway. And then Dane Brugler's 36 overall. We've gone for, you can say that name, Shane. Arnold Ebiquete. There you go. Edge from Penn State. Dan, Dan's loving all these names tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of butchered Roy's name earlier. Was it Embetica? Yeah, I'm getting used to Embetica. Go on, have a good saying Arnold's name. Ebiquete. Yeah, there we go. Ebiquete. Um, yeah, I, I'm so high on Arnold Ebiquete. He's someone who could drop into that first round as well. But if he's out 36, again, he's someone that he's got some development to do. He's a little bit raw, but 100%. I'm, I'm taking that pick all day long. Did Dane have us go in OT and cornerback, I think it was? Yeah, so we went um, for Evan Neal and then we went for Source at seven. So you get Evan Neal, Source Gardner and Arnold Ebiquete. Sign me up to that. I'd be really happy with that, to be honest. Again, your Penn State hat on Shane, you know, I'm joking, that's fine. But yeah, no. The, 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 well, I can hear this week, is so I've got, I've, got, I've got to do some home run on KBR. Exactly, but yeah, those, so those three positions, are obviously offensive tackle, secondary, edge. So the three positions that I think we probably need, really, we could really do with that, you know, top 50 pick at. And that's where they've gone. That's where he's gone. I did like Dane Brugler's picks, to be fair. Yeah. Um, some interesting picks there for Big Blue. Obviously, we'll find out for sure in two weeks which way we go and what will happen come draft weekend. Um, and none of us can wait for that, that's for sure. So, Good Morning Football posted a blockbuster mock trade the other day. Saturday? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, they put their sort of blockbuster mock trade to put with the Houston Texans. The Giants receiving the third overall pick, plus second round pick of 68, and third round pick of, third round pick of 68, and then fourth round pick of 80, something like that, in exchange for number seven overall, plus Saquon Barkley. So Saquon Barkley... Yeah, so it, yeah I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt you. So it was Giants send seventh overall pick and Saquon Barkley. Yep. Texans send third overall pick, 68th overall pick, and 80th overall pick. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so, you know, this has got us thinking about what options we have with our, you know, two first-round picks this year as well. Um, but first off, would you guys actually take that trade if it was offered on the table? I think you'd have to because it does seem like too good to be true. As, as much as I'd love to keep Saquon around, could you pass that up? Probably not. Um, I think, as, as we discussed in the group chat, it's a wild trade and chances of it happening are slim to none because you literally would bite their hand off to a degree but you you would have to yeah big begrudgingly i'd have to accept it i love saquon saquon's one of the reasons i'm a, both a penn state and the new york joints fan um so you know i absolutely love saquon do i hope he gets a contract extension part of me does because he, he barkley's my boy that's it that's the best way i can describe it you know he's I will die on that hill that Saquon Barkley can be a generational running back, can be a Hall of Fame running back. Not quite worked out at New York, but let's face facts. Who has it worked out for in New York in the last three or four years since he's been drafted? Nobody. We talk about we've not done Daniel Jones no favours. Well, guess what? A running back needs an O-line as well. So we've, we've done Saquon Barkley no favours either. Yes, he's had injuries. He's had his ACL. He's had his ankle injury. He had that freak injury that he had last year which come at the wrong time because I think was it the week before we played Saints and he looked back to the old Saquon you know things in that Saints game really looked like they were clicking but you know do I think that trade had happened absolutely not because if I'm a Texans fan why are we giving up the third overall pick and two third rounders to get an injury prone running back that's how I'd be with a Texans hat on He's an injury problem running back. You, you know, if they kept their picks that third round, they might be able to get a Brees Hall, an Isaiah Spiller, a Kenneth Walker, James Cook, list goes on. So, yeah, I don't think it would happen, but would I accept it? The chance to have pick three and pick five overall, as well as extra capital for the third round, 100%. You can move up the board. Then if there's someone you want in the second round, if you want to grab someone at the back of the first round to get that fifth-year option, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, like I'd be, I'd be very, very sad to see Saquon go because you know since since his you know his rookie year was just was outstanding, and you got to think of who would then potentially come in to replace him. Matt Breeders probably the most senior running back that we have, and we're gonna have to we'd have to draft another one, wouldn't we? We would have to pick up, like you said, one of those third round picks. Just to add, we've still got our mate Gary. Just in case any listeners have forgot about our mate Gary. I was Shane. You took the words right out of my mouth, mate. You know, we we have got our mate Gary. Don't forget. And yeah, there are there are decent backs in the in the draft. Don't get me wrong. You know, we could go in. You know, you know, one of those one of those third round picks and 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 pick up a decent running back. But I think losing losing the potential talent that Saquon Barkley has and we have seen glimpses of. I think it would weaken the roster a little bit because the 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 potential threat of, uh, of of play action you know Saquon can probably sell that better than any other running back we currently have and any running back we could potentially bring in the, the only thing any running back in this draft can do better than Saquon is probably pass protection yeah it, it's weakness he's admitted himself everyone who's watched football knows that he can't pass pass protect that's probably the only department in my opinion that you would maybe get an upgrade in this draft at running back position yeah I don't know. I just, I just think, I just think letting him, letting him go would be a mistake at this stage. I think if we had someone potentially lined up to replace him, that is not necessarily as 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 good as him, because it's going to take a lot to get someone in as good as Saquon Barkley. But you know, to, for us to li- to leave Matt Breeder as our as our most senior running back, and then bring in 
a rookie and then have our mate Gary as well who we didn't see enough of him last season at all to sort of sort of form an opinion of him. It would leave us short in the backfield, um, and it would make our make our offense quite one dimensional. I think because Matt Breeder is don't get me wrong, he's he's I, I think he's a good running back. He's I think he was he was undrafted, wasn't he, when he came out? Was he under, an undrafted free agent? Think so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So again, you've seen sort of glimpses of Matt Breeder, you know, the, the teams he's been on, but. Is he is he really that number one running back that we need? But yeah, the thing is, would you turn down a number three and five plus the extra capital late in later rounds as well? There's 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 so much to consider with that you know trade offer, and I, I wouldn't blame if if it was offered if it was on the table, I wouldn't blame him for taking it. But at the same time, I'd be I'd be disappointed to see Barkley go. You know, obviously we've discussed previously who we want and who we'd like to go with at five and seven. You know, we sort of just discussed it recently, like talking through the mock drafts. We've sort of gone through what positions we want to draft at five and seven. You know, obviously our Twitter poll said earlier we said about Evan Neal at five and Thibodeau at seven. Uh, if they're both, you know, if they're both available when we're still on the clock, so I'm, I'm sure you both be happy with those picks, right? But if Neil and Aquanu aren't there at five, then do we then go edge? Like if if Trayvon Walker's still there at seven, which I, I doubt he will be, but if he's still if he's still there at seven, do we go with him at seven? Or if Neil and Aquanu have gone, like there's there's so, it all depends on how those first four picks go, really, doesn't it? Yeah, and the the best way you can look at it is like so we've got fifth pick, so just name five players you'd be happy with. Trayvon Thibodeau, Source Gardner, Derek Stingley, Ike Aquanu, Jermaine Johnson. And are you going to get one of them? Hundred percent. It's almost as set as it's as set in stone as uh, as Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags. That that um, Aiden Hutchinson is going to go to the Jags, really. Yeah. Because every every mock draft you see, it's got Aiden Hutchinson going one. All the the articles you read, all the the everything you read on anything about the the, the first or the top overall pick is pretty much everyone's going with Aiden Hutchinson. Apart from recently, with the Trayvon Walk has been obviously been rumored, but I'm wondering if that's a smokescreen. And whether that that's actually going to happen, because a lot of people have been saying that if Trayvon Walker does go that high, then it's proof that Thibodeau's probably going to slide. I know that those three went pretty much as one, two, and three in most of the mock drafts we just reviewed, but a lot of the other analysts don't see it going that way. It would be one, one or two of them. Yeah, I'd, I just think I just think Hutchinson's the best talent out of the three, and I think I'd be very surprised if he doesn't go number one overall. And then, like you said, after that, it's then it's then who needs what really, who and it's and it's how it's how the 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 front office and the coaches have them have them rated after that, you know who do who do the Lions go with it too? Do they go for do a, a quarterback in like Malik Willis, or do they go for help in the secondary with someone like Carl Hamilton? Do they go with help for uh, an offensive lineman? Do they go for another edge? Those four picks are absolutely crucial to how we go in, with pick five and pick seven. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say in all honesty, it's the Jets. The Jets are going to dictate how the Giants draft goes. Because, you know, if Texans, for example, take a tackle, like has been spoken about in different areas, the Jets might then turn around and say, we want to tackle. So then at number five, we've got our two tackles off the board, the Tech Charles Cross. Me personally, no. I'm, I'm not a Charles Cross guy. It is, it is, it is for me. He's probably the best pass protector but I, I've seen things on film I'm not overly impressed on and I've, I've seen development things that I think he'll get caught out at the next level and he'll need to be coached up a little bit more. Um, so, you know, if the two tackles have gone, then you've got a good, you've got a good defensive with both picks. You know, the only offensive pick we can make is going to be offensive tackle. We're not going to take any other offensive player uh, that early in the draft. No, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very, very surprised if we do. Um, 
because there's not really any other sort of top 10 talent offensive wise apart from maybe a receiver but we don't need that we don't need that help at receiver no we, we, we're not that team that's like got unlucky ended up with a top 10 pick and can go you know what we can afford second receiver here we, we can't afford that so so for me the Jets are going to dictate a lot for our draft because again if Thibodeau slides, do the Jets take him out of our hands? Do they take Sauce or Stingley? Maybe we were eyeing up one of those. So that the, the, what the Jets do is really vital. And I've tried working out what the Jets might do. And a bit like the Giants, they're pretty shit and they need everything. Yeah, the, the, the Jets, are they hold the key to where we go at number five. And like I said, if it, like those, those you know, Neil and Aquari could quite easily go in that top four. And if they do, then we're going to have to go two picks on defense at five and seven, because realistically, if we do, we go do we go a Charles Cross at five? I I don't think we do. Might be the one pick that pisses me off. If if they went Malik Willis at five, I'd prefer that over Charles Cross. Tom, just not a Charles Cross guy. I'm not saying Charles Cross is going to be a bust by any means. And he might he might end up being a absolutely fantastic tackle in the league for for a team. But we did, you know, you said we did. We didn't see Daniel Jones going number six overall. Yeah, but that happened. So, but then obviously that was a that was a Dave Kettleman pick. This is a Joe Shane. This is Joe Shane's first draft. This is this is Dave's first draft as the head coach. I just think they they've got their head screwed on. They're sensible. They know exactly who they want, and they they, they would have they would have simulated every like every eventuality like in those first four picks. Right. So Hutchinson's gone one. Equani's gone two, Source Gardner's gone three, Neil's gone four. Who do we go with? And then they're going to look at who they rate on their board and what position. They're going to have done that with every single potential outcome. Yeah, their their, their board will be pretty much set now. The only things that can change on their board now is if I'm, I'm just going to use someone who's not going to go top ten. But let's say they brought Kyrie Elamy and he sits down for his top thirty draft and he's like, yeah. I'm into my music and I like making rap music and I'm not going to have the COVID jab. We might not want to take you then, that, that hoyle. Do you think that there's any likelihood of the Panthers or anyone trading up with the Panthers not taking a quarterback that could screw seven? Or do you think that that's pretty much a lock? Because every mock draft is saying the Panthers are going QB. See, I think the Panthers are in a hard spot because if I'm the Panthers, I'm not taking a quarterback. However... The Panthers need to take a quarterback for Matt Rule to keep his job. So it's like this is the Matt Rule. Matt Rule is gonna have a great year this year, or he's he's facing it getting the sack on Black Monday next year. But there's no quarterbacks worth taking. So Matt Rule's career is gonna hinge on a rookie, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Reader, Techie Pick, or Sam Darnold. Picky poison. That's the thing, like you know, we've said before that Sam Darnold's going to the Jets was it was a it was a bad fit, it was a bad move, and it didn't work for him. And you sort of when he when he arrived in, the, in in Carolina last year, we thought, oh, this could be the sort of the sort of second coming almost in the league. But it just for whatever reason didn't work. But for, I I personally think they're going to go like they're going to go quarterback. They can't really afford to not. I think if they the any, the only way I can see them not doing it is if Matt Rule sat down with their owners and gone, look, Charles Cross is the best pass protector in this draft. Draft him this year, rookie year, makes his mistakes. He's a 
seasoned in quotations playing next year and it's a better quarterback class. Give me one extra year. That's all I'm asking for. But then that, that's Matt, that Matt Rule's got to justify as to why he needs that. Panthers owner might be t- turning around and saying, sorry, Matt, no. Got McCaffrey. You've got a great, great weapon. You know, you've got DJ Moore. You've got Robbie Anderson. You know, you've got the pieces in place. This is your year. You've got to win or bust. And if you're Matt Rule, you're saying, okay, I've got to take Sam Darnold or a rookie. You think someone like... Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or are they are they more of a franchise quarterback than Sam Darnold is? No, I mean I, I can make an argument that Kenny Pickett is Sam Darnold in the sense that you know he's gonna yeah he'll probably get into the league but he's never gonna be in a mate he's, he's gonna be a serviceable player like I said last week I compare him to maybe someone like Kirk Cousins he's a top ten top twelve quarterback every year but he's never gonna be up in that sort of top six tier. Yeah. So what about tradebacks? Do you think tradebacks are genuine option that we could take or do you think he just wants to strengthen with two top ten picks? I just, I think just straight, just you, you got five and seven. You're gonna get a blue chip prospect at both of those picks. Just take it. Don't get cute. Don't get smart. That's what Dave Gettleman tried to do. Didn't work. We tried to do it last year. It didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it it did in the sense that we've got the seventh overall pick, but I'd, I'd rather have Michael Parsons right now and pick five. Yeah, at the same time, exactly. It's or Rashawn Slater and pick five. Do you know what I mean? Like, did Darius Tony really work out in, in 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 year one? Not really. No, I mean if we let let if we'd have took Michael Parsons, we would now just only have the pick five, but we're saying we're good at edge, take that tackle. Likewise, if we'd have took Rashawn Slater last year, we're good at tackle. We can take the best defensive player at pick five, whether that's Carl Hamilton. Source Gardner, Derek Stingley, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, doesn't matter. We, we've got our two tackles and we sorted. Instead, no, we're in this position and, like, you know, the trading back. There is a player I think a couple of teams might be interested in trading up for. It's a defensive player, so I'm not going to reveal it now. I'll talk about it next week when we're breaking down our top fives. But there is someone who I think teams might be very tempted to move up for. But for, for me... I don't think many teams are going to be moving up for a quarterback. You know, Falcons, that, that was from Mariota. The likes of Pittsburgh and New Orleans, going to cost too much to move up. I'm sorry, but what it's going to cost the Steelers to move from pick 20 to pick five. They're going to have to give up the farm, essentially. And then people are... It's going to, have, it's multiple, it's going to be multiple picks this year, plus next year as well. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to want your number 20 this year. I'm going to want your second rounder this year. I'm going to want your first next year. I might potentially want your second next year as well. And I want a couple of extra mid-round picks. It's just too much. And and then potentially, another, potentially a 2024 pick as well. Yeah, first next year and a second for the year after. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's too much then to give up, really. Yeah, likewise. And then with Seattle, I've heard rumours that Seattle are apparently just going to sit there and take BPA. That's, the, that's what the Giants need to do. Sit there. I know the cap space ain't great, but don't get cute. Don't try and get too smart. Sit there. See who's available. If it marries up with your board, by all means, do it. If he doesn't marry up with your board and you can get a trade back, trade back, but I'm not sure I want to trade back into the 20s, in all honesty. I think they'll be trading back too far. Yeah. You, you, you're into that range there where you start drafting an Eli Apple or an Evan Ingram. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I just think stick with five and seven and, and go with it. Why do not? Yeah, you might get a really good offering and might consider it, but just go with five and seven. We need those, We need two players in the top 10 that are that talented that, to, to improve the team. Unless someone's giving up their, the, the farm, as we say. Exactly. Whether it's on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive, defensive side of the ball, we need help across the board. So because we're, we're, because we're in need in so many positions, it's a case of stay where we are. 
pick the best pick the best available player at that position that is available at that pick. Don't don't try and mess around. You know, have a solid first draft as the GM and the new head coach of the New York Giants and go out and try and improve the team and, and impress the fans because God knows we need it and we need some we need something to look forward to, you know. Uh, now it's that time again to open up our mailbag. Uh, we have had one question in this week in the form of an email. Amazing. Thanks to Keith Falconer for emailing us, mate. Really appreciate it. He asked us, uh, I've followed the G-Men since 1984. Wow, he's followed the G-Men since you know, three years before I was born. Bloody hell. Um, fair play to you, mate. And uh, he's seen four Lombardi Trophy wins get in. But he never tires of the game or, or follows the team despite how bad they've been recently. So anyway, I know you were looking for questions. So he says, who do you think have been our best and worst picks over the last five years in the first three to four rounds to narrow it down? And then he also finished off saying best wishes for the next year on your first podcast birthday. Thank you very much, Keith. We really appreciate you, mate. And we absolutely appreciate you listening to us and sending your question in to us. Uh, so the top best and worst picks in the draft over the last five years. Shane, you can go with this one first. I'll let you. Best best pick. You know, we'll go back as far as 2016, just because there's one player that stands out in that draft that I think we all want to we all want to point out as the worst pick in that draft. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you say the name, Shane, because I'm sure you're dying to say it. <laughs> first thing, Keith, you've seen four Lombardi trophies and you sported them since '84. Tell me it's going to get better soon, please. I've been a fan for four years, and. <laughs> I can only dream of four Lombardi trophies. No, thank you for the question. So I'll be honest, I was 2018 was my first draft as a Giants fan. There's, I feel like it's easier to just name the best picks because <laughs> there's like so few of them. But yes, yeah, some of the some of the bad picks. I'm going to go from 2018. I'll let you guys cover sort of 16 and 17 because that was like kind of your your time. But for me, worst pick DeAndre Baker's up there for for you to trade back into the first round for a guy who is no longer on the team within two years is unforgivable. You know, you, you've not done your due diligence there due to the off-the-field issues. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so going to get labelled a Tony hater. But Kadarius Tony, it's only one year in. He's got to perform this year. He's got to do summit. And I don't mean releasing a second rap album. I mean, putting up over a thousand yards and double digit or double digit touchdowns, I should say. Um, you know, I don't want to wear Joker or whatever his name is or something. This ain't no Batman film. So, you know, I want Tony to to, to show why he was a first round pick, to show that he, you know, when he's been on the field, he's been amazing. He has been like exciting and he gets the ball. And, you know, you had the uh, Cowboys fans raving about. Um, is it Trayvon Diggs? Oh yeah, look at this cornerback who's amazing. And then he couldn't even cover Tony. So we know we can he can do it. So I'm hoping Tony doesn't stay on that list. And I reckon we might be adding Daniel Jones to the list in, a, in another year's time. <laughs> but my, my best pick, Barkley's my boy. He's my boy, like I've said. But I love Xavier McKinney. I am. I was so ecstatic we drafted him. And I love the fact this is one one thing I'll give Dave Gettleman credit for. McKinney was on the board, Giants were on the clock, and we had a trade agreed. I think it was with the Bears, if my memory serves me right. And Dave Gettleman said, I can't do the trade. There's someone on the board we like. Turned out to be Xavier McKinney. I'm getting his jersey next when he signs a new deal because I'm not being that guy who gets a jersey in the geezers off the team in six months' time. So for me, Xavier McKinney, hands down, best pick. I'm a massive McKinney fan. 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my best and worst um, players from uh, from each year. As I said, from 2016 onwards, just because there's one name in the 2016 draft that stands out that is uh, is no longer on the team, and that's uh, someone by the name of Eli Apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Eli Apple our first round pick in 2016 and uh, what an absolute bust that turned out to be and obviously ended up with uh, with Cincinnati last year in the Super Bowl and got absolutely destroyed which we were all gutted to see I'm sure Dan we were absolutely gutted to see that and uh, karma's a wonderful thing isn't it <laughs> but I think you know for obvious reasons 2016 I think the, the standout pick is Sterling Shepard um, he's still with the team you know he's had his injury he's had his injury issues we all know that but I think for the the picks we made that year I think he's a standout one there for sure uh, 2017 I went with Dalvin Tomlinson in, our, in the second round 55 overall as our best pick of the year great defensive lineman uh, it was an absolute shame to see him leave last year to go to the Vikings but you know top top defensive lineman I I rated him very, very highly. Uh, and our worst pick of the, the 2017 draft, I'm sure you're probably not surprised I've gone with Evan Engram. So two years in a row, our first round pick has, uh, has been the worst pick. Pro, is that Pro Bowl or Evan Engram you're on about, sorry? Uh, the Pro Bowl at Evan Engram, yeah. <laughs> doesn't catch a pass for love nor money and just seemed to have just butter plaster all over his hands all the time, yeah. Evan Engram, worst pick of 2017. Obviously, Davis Webb is always going to be a backup quarterback and probably third stringer. And then Wayne Gorman as well. He's he's had a decent career so far. Obviously, he went off to the Niners last year and that didn't work out. And then ended up with the Vikings, I think it was. You know, he he, he was a he was a decent serviceable back. But Darwin Thompson, the best pick from 2017, and Evan Ingram, the outright worst pick from 2017. That's for sure. 2018, the best pick couldn't not go with Saquon Barkley just because of the the sheer talent of the guy. The you know the excitement he brings. You know the fact he's probably the number one selling jersey still. Uh, for the New York Giants, you know, I, I don't know, I don't really know many Giants fans that don't have a number twenty-six jersey, and he, he's just an absolute stud. It's just a shame he's had his injury issues, you know. And I think Kyle Loletta was my worst pick from uh, from two thousand eighteen. He was touted as the the Eli Manning's replacement, which made which made me laugh at the time that a fourth round draft pick could be Eli Manning's replacement, um, and the fact he is no longer with the team and he no longer is in the league at all uh, just goes to show that it was a waste of time and a waste of a fourth round draft pick and what was obviously Dave Gettleman's first draft as the uh, GM of Giants honourable mention though to Lorenzo Carter he, he never came to fruition as much as we thought he would but and also BJ Hill as well he sort of started to prove a few doubters wrong and he, he played well with Cincinnati last year and obviously got to the Super Bowl with him as well Barkley the best pick for me there and on Loletta the worst 2019, I went with uh, DeAndre Baker as the absolute worst to trade back into the first round, like Shane said, to then pick the guy who had ridiculous off-field issues. Sorry, that's just unforgivable. And best pick in 2019, I went for Dexter Lawrence, um, obviously 17th overall. And again, honourable mention though, just Julian Love, consistent, obviously a fourth round pick that year as well. So and he's still with the team, so he's he's he's, impre- he's impressed some, and he's 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 a he's sort of consistently there in, in the team in the defensive backfield, you know, so and even 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 O'Shane Simonis as well has sort of shown glimpses of what he could do, but not enough to warrant a uh, the best pick. And Dan Jones, uh, the jury's still out of him as we all know. Uh twenty twenty I went with Matt Pert as the as the sort of the bust of that year. Just not not enough for me, Matt Pert. Yeah, it was it was a toss up between Thomas and McKinney for the best pick. 
I went with Thomas just because he's starting to show his number four overall talent. But I think McKinney's an absolute stud in in defence as well. And then last year, st- standout pick was Ojolari in the top four rounds just because he impressed last year. And then the worst pick, I'm with you, Shane Kadarius Tony at the moment because... You know, Aaron Robinson had injury issues. Ellison Smith's had injury issues. Kadarius Tony's just, he's either had COVID or he's not been there. So, and we discussed him last week. So, he needs to do, he needs to do a lot more to impress me and have have that standout sophomore the year, this year. There you go. That's my uh, best and worst picks over the last six years. But, um, Keith, thanks very much for your question, mate. Really, really appreciate it. And thanks for the love and uh, best wishes for the podcast moving forward. I have a uh, an interesting one. Um, I was quickly just having a look through, and we have, or I have, it's you know, faux pas on the producer's part here, but I, I have overlooked something as a player who technically is a third-round pick. A player called Sam Beal. 2018, third round technically, though in the supplemental draft. He's got to be up there with one of the worst players. Yeah, but... Uh... I, st- I still think picking Cole or Letter in the fourth round as a potential replacement for Eli Manning, and was the- that was never going to happen. There was I, I can vir- virtually guarantee there was better talent available in the fourth round than Cole or Letter. There was probably better talent available in the third round compared to Sam Beal, but I think yeah, he was pretty bad to be fair as well, wasn't he? Let's face it. Did he do anything? No, <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Well, not that I can remember anyway. But yeah, so yeah, like I said, Keith, thanks very much for your question and thanks for the love. We really do appreciate it. Um, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, we'll be back next time, as promised, to bring you Shane and Kev's top five draft prospects at each position on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, when Kev gets back from Las Vegas, that lucky, lucky man. Uh, plus, we'll also be telling you which positions we think we should pick on all three days of the draft. We've kind of given you a bit of a previous to round one. Um, but rounds two and three we'll talk more through next week as well uh, we'll also be opening up the mailbag again as we move ever closer to draft weekend so get your questions into us at big blue uk IRL on twitter on the new york giants fans uk facebook page look for our thread there and also now via email big blue uk IRL at gmail.com as keith did this week anything else to add before we go guys no just two weeks out now and uh, then we can start Slating our draft picks. <laughs> it's not going to be. It's not going to happen, mate. We're not going to be slating our draft picks this year because we have a GM that knows what he's doing, and we have a head coach that knows what he's doing. Fingers crossed. Uh, but no, thanks to everyone who sends questions in and listening, um, and keep hammering this home. You'll be sick to death of this, and I'm sure Craig can just like click this and put it into future episodes. But if you can like, rate, review retweet, leave comments um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything. We're up to 250 followers now. I know Craig's been doing fantastic work on the Twitter this week um, and last week as well, which is much appreciated. Our audience is growing. So any help we can get from you, the listeners, is greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Craig, anything to add before we go, mate? Uh, Just a big thank you to everyone who has reacted or voted on our polls or has liked any retweets or has left any comments. I saw you, Ash. I saw you love a poll. So, yeah, just thank you for that. Uh, I've been spending a lot more time on Twitter. It is nice being able to interact with you guys and uh, trying to find out a bit more about the people that listen. Yeah, mate, definitely. And I'm sure if, if people have got any ideas for polls, I can them over to us and we can reach a wider audience potentially oh absolutely slide into the dms 
slide in nicely yeah um yeah thanks for your uh, thanks for everyone's interaction on twitter this week obviously with the polls and everything like that uh we will be throwing more of them out this week so keep your eyes peeled on your twitter feed for those polls coming out uh, and yeah get get involved get in touch let us know what polls you want if there's a certain poll you want and you want to know the answer to get let us know and uh, we'll get it out there send us your questions give us your feedback like shane said leave us a review let us know what your mock drafts look like too because it'd be interesting to see what you guys are how, how you guys are picking at five and seven um, my thanks as ever go to shane and to craig for joining me to kev enjoy vegas mate have a good weekend and to you the listeners for tuning in uh, we are signing off until next time Go Giants!